0: Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter.
1: Hello. Howdy, howdy. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. How was, uh, did we already talk about how was San Antonio? I think we did. I don't know. Did we? I don't know. Sometimes my wife will be like, you guys repeated yourself. And I'm like, it's just because we're so busy doing the gospel message. That's
0: right. Every day feels the same.
1: Also, I got a ton of shade thrown at me this weekend. Mm-hmm. People are like, yeah, it's the traditional Latin mass. I'm like, yes, I understood that after the first time I messed up. The the joke of the Latin mass was a joke, people.
0: I got, I got not shade thrown at me. That doesn't happen. Uh, but, <laughs> exactly. But I got some some really fun uh, comments like, well, ranch dressing may be a big thing in Texas, but it's got nothing on uh, certain parts of the Midwest. And then there were other counter opinions saying like, well, in Ohio, we hate ranch dressing. But in Pennsylvania, we're obsessed with it. Really? I, I, no. I got a lot of differing opinions, but... But I had recipes of appetizers that are um, founded, like their central foundational ingredient is ranch dressing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thrown at me, like yeah. And it's, these were, but it's, these it's, are it's people great, all who live in Texas. It's a great debate. Well, yes, but they haven't always lived here. True. And some of them haven't lived here for that long. It's okay. Ranchgate. This is a the great <laughs> scandal of our time.
1: I mean, it's it's just the practical that when you look at ranch dressing, ah, just you being see from New Jersey dipping sauce
0: or repulsive,
1: right? So growing up, I only knew ranch dressing as a dressing for salad in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I never knew people used it for anything else because, let's face it, most there weren't really Chick Fil A's in New Jersey. There was like one way far out, so Mm -hmm. people weren't like dipping nuggets. They're going to a deli. They're going to get a sandwich. No one's putting the travesty of ranch dressing on some great sandwich that with the just bread and the deli meat and all of that. Mm -hmm. No, they wouldn't do that to that. So growing up, somebody's like like, you want pastrami
0: on rye with ranch dressing. No. like a Reuben. Mushroom Swiss. Oh. Or what am I talking about? Turkey Swiss. Mushroom turkey Swiss is a burger. I was
1: like, mushroom Swiss burger. <laughs> That's a burger. You're, you're channeling your inner water burger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, growing Swiss. up, it was like, unless there was a salad, you know, we think, didn't talk about ranch dressing. Then I moved to Texas. Or no, I said when I went on net at all these teammates, it was like, no matter what we were eating, they're like, you got any ranch dressing? I'm like, what is mm. the matter with all of you? like mm-hmm. pizza could you imagine a new york slice of pizza and just dip in that thing in ranch i just i kind of it makes me ill thinking about it i don't
0: know if i should be a little embarrassed about this oh no kind of sounds good to me i've no. gotten into the i've gotten into the thing the ranch dressing pizza thing i'm into it more
1: than your uh horseradish uh (laughs) mustard thing what what is that stuff called the coleman's english
0: mustard yeah yeah yeah. so on easter for those who don't know
1: on easter we (laughs) we had father paul over for some uh for some steak and we had some leftover we ate in the next day on some bread on a ciabatta roll it was very good um thank you costco clutch on the ciabatta roll so um but you were like, okay, let's take this little, um, there was like a jalapeno sour cream, like little side for the mm-hmm. salad. And you were like, let's, let's, let's hit some Coleman's.
0: Yeah. I have the powdered Coleman's English mustard <laughs> or powder, <laughs> um, the powdered powder. And powder uh, <laughs> powder. And I, I grew up eating that stuff. It's a British thing. It's a, uh, it's horseradish mustard. Mm-hmm. and um, it's got the the queen's seal on it and stuff it's you know British food and I finally found it in the grocery store but I didn't find the like pre-mixed version I just found the powdered version
1: because growing up you everywhere just had like kind of squirt bottles like
0: no it's never squirt it's always because it's British so it's got to be sort of a little more refined like you have a small knife that you that you dip into the bottle is it really small spread. knife
1: yeah <laughs> I'm sure. Isn't there a special word for this this small small knife?
0: (laughs) I think it's called a butter knife.
1: (laughs) No, it's not.
0: (laughs) All right. So you brought it over and we... uh, We mixed some into the crema. It was good. It was good. If
1: you like horseradish.
0: Which I do. It's one of the best. But I realize a lot of people don't. And they're wrong. And they're wrong. (laughs) So I wanted to take a
1: topic today that somebody had asked with a question um, and it kind of follows up what we talked about with the Sabbath and living out um, kind of a Sabbath and you know sports and should your kids play sports or not or any of that, um. But this person had asked, um, what really a Catholic home should look like, and I I, I thought it was an awesome thing. Um, you know they went the idea of like what's in the walls, what's in the rooms. In The but walls, not in the walls. Sorry, it might <laughs> on, have said on it. the walls should not, yeah. What should or should not be on the wall or in the rooms? <laughs> two by four, <laughs> support, two beams. by four, support <laughs> beams, sheetrock. Uh, no, insulation, insulation. That's brick. It. Um, but then also, you know, if we take this idea, they talked about a domestic church, beautiful churches, aid in worship you know, kind of what draws us to them, Um, you know, what do we do in our homes to make that, um, you know, this idea of domestic church. And I think it's an interesting topic because just like our intro, you know, we love faith. It's our life. We love sports.
0: It's our, it's right under (laughs) faith life,
1: but I've had this debate with people Just even in a Catholic home, you know, should your TV be in a prominent place? Mm. You know, you come into my home. Yes. The living room, like it's yeah. the chairs and different things TV are room. centered. Yeah. It's a TV room. Now over our fireplace, we have a giant, um, San Damiano cross. True. Um, first experience at cross at Franciscan. It's very close, near and dear to us. I love it. The symbolism, all of that. Um, And it's pretty big. And that's like the focal point of our mantle that, you know, we can kind of spin the chairs around at night. If we pray, we turn on that light, we focus Mm -hmm. on the cross. But, you know, there's a lot of strong opinions of if we are domestic church, if we are living this holy life, like just even something like the TV. Like, is it okay to have your TV in a prominent place Mm -hmm. if we're called to be kind of domestic church? And does that mean that every room needs to have like, icons and pictures and right. statues and like sometimes you pass that house you're like they're catholic they have like four saint francis statues in the front yard <laughs> they have like a giant virgin mary and yeah. you're just like a little scared to go up their driveway you know um i don't know what are your initial thoughts on this i th- I think it's just a good yeah. follow-up to if we're called to live this out and we're called to pursue um faith in all aspects and maybe that means not letting our kids do something on sunday or focusing more on sunday what are we doing with our homes and is it a problem when you you know have other interests or hobbies within that home
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a a good good question this is going to be one of these discursive ones where we just sort of work our way through it and go back and forth because yeah with prudential decisions like this, I don't think there is a, a clear answer. And, and when you're not dealing with something that's bad in itself, mm-hmm. then there's also not just a simple yes or no. Right. Um, we're dealing with with something which is more like more like the Beatitudes, where you can always go further than like the Ten Commandments, where it's like don't do that. Mm.
1: Um, Wait, say that again for those who missed. Yeah.
0: That. So, like, um, give
1: that example.
0: Well, okay, with the but, Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill. And right. we know that there's many different ways that you can do that. Right. It's a Gossip, chapter heading. You know,
1: hurting people's feelings, exactly. you know, all that. But
0: Yeah. Um but they're negatively phrased for the most part. The right. Sabbath one isn't which is kind of what we're getting into here. Right. Or honor extension. your mom and dad. Yeah. 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 Um, but for the most part, it's don't do this thing. And it's pretty clear when you've done it or not. Yeah. If you're discerning enough, right? Yeah. Attentive enough to your actions and your thoughts and stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I did or I didn't. Um, but with the Beatitudes, which is the way that Christ places before us as the way of perfection, mm-hmm. um, you can always go further. Yeah. Uh, so
1: give, give one of the Beatitudes example example. Uh, for... Blessed
0: are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Right. You can always go deeper into like trying to to foster a purity of heart, a chastity of heart, a single mindedness in uh, love focused on God and on your neighbor and your family Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Or, um, uh, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be consoled. That one's a little more confusing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. Right, meekness as a virtue, properly understood, imitating Christ in his in his uh, manner, um, is something that you can always go deeper into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the, so those so types so that's, of ideas—that's true. That's true with, always, that's true with yeah. virtues in general, right? You yeah. can always you can always be more just and. More temperate and more prudent, and
1: yeah, it's like saying, "Okay, how's my prayer life? It can always be better. We can right. always be striving for more, more holiness. Yeah, ha- more I, holiness.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can always, I can always go deeper into holiness, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, and until I am perfected in heaven, which is the goal. Yeah, um, so that means." That when we're looking at how to make things better in our house, how to make things holier as a family,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that there's there's not like this sort of like baseline and you know uh, stretch stretch goal. Like we have to set those for ourselves, but they're gonna, right. there's going to be some discussion. So that's a, a really long introduction to. I love it. To what I think. When I first.
1: We talked about sandwiches for five minutes, so it's <laughs> <That's> okay. <right. laughs> this is. It's, 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 it's what we it's, do. It's <laughs> one of those.
0: When I first uh, joined seminary, I was scandalized that priests had TVs in their house. No. Yeah, I thought diocesan. Because I had in my mind, like, the religious life. I thought that's what all priests lived like, was like a Benedictine or a Franciscan mm. or something like that. And, and for those who
1: don't know, right, poverty... Yeah, like, they make a they, vow of poverty. Yeah, like, yeah, they're not having TVs in their room. Right. Like, they really look like jail cells they kind of yeah, live in. Like, of, there's a bed.
0: They call it a cell. Yeah,
1: they call it a cell. So yeah. just want to give that context. Monastic
0: cell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so that's always sort of been my image of, of what it should look like. And I think that is, like, you have to adapt everything, right, for a family. but mm-hmm. But if you're holding up, like, okay, what is... What is an ideal that we could strive towards? Not the only ideal, yep. But one one way this could look, it could look more like making your house look like a monastery, right? You can move towards that um, because monastic life is sort of set up to be a a high functioning. Uh, community life oriented towards the common goal of growing in holiness right right so so that's that's one way to do things and if you're going to do that then making things look more and more like a monastery means stripping away more and more uh technology and they're having more and more sort of simplicity right yeah probably an icon in every room right <laughs> um, little holy water font in every room like that's that's how monastic cells are right but that's that's not the only way that a house should look and so i don't want you to hear that and say all right well father paul is judging when he comes into my house how much does this look like like a monastic <laughs> like like a monastery right and if it doesn't look enough like it he's going to be like mm, they're no. not do- they're not doing no, the thing. nothing yeah um, it's
1: it's quick okay. quick question <clears throat> for you growing up you you share a room with your siblings or no
0: I did not, actually. Okay, so you each I had, had my your own, own room.
1: room. Did your other brothers?
0: They shared a room for for a long time, for most of the time.
1: I just think this is an interesting question. So I did, I you did have, very early on, actually. but Okay. Later on, teenage years, you know, or maybe yeah, like I had my own room. 10 and up, right? Um, Did you have a TV in your room?
0: No, I don't think I did.
1: Yeah, we didn't either, which is a lot different, I feel like, than nowadays, a lot of kids having... TV, well, if you've got a phone devices, or a computer, all yeah. of those things. So that that gets into part of it later, but yeah. j- just curious leading into it.
0: Yeah. So, so like the monastery is one image that mm-hmm. you can move towards and it's just, you know, if, if that's what you decide as a family that you want to make your house look like, then that's great. Which I want to
1: affirm as a parent. What I'm hearing is I have permission to throw away all my kids' crap. <laughs> And say, well, guys, sorry, Father Paul told me I could throw away all All your toys and stuff like that. You know, you know how many times I've stepped on a Lego? I'm done with Legos. (laughs) I am done with Legos. Go ahead. Um,
0: Another image, though, is like the medieval village. (laughs) So um, (laughs) and I'm just thinking off the top of my head right now. But like the church is in the center, right, of the medieval Mm -hmm. village. It grows up around the church but it grows in this organic messy way mm-hmm. um like none of it really makes sense like as a city planner would do it but it it just it develops outwards from that central reality of the of the the church in the middle mm-hmm. with normally a piazza or something and that's yeah. the the communal gathering space and the most important stuff is there and so like there is there is a reality that architecture does structure our life. Like it mm-hmm. we can't live in certain spaces um and flourish in them in the same way as we could live in other spaces. I remember doing uh philosophy classes at UD uh as a seminarian, like postmodern philosophy and modern philosophy and seeing how those philosophical uh ideologies or mm-hmm. ideas anyway, less mm-hmm. charged word, but uh, they would work their way into architecture, and like in in modernity, everything becomes very mathematical and very very sort of like functionary. Mm-hmm. But the houses and even the churches that were built in that period are just awful; they're unlivable because it's treating us like we're machines, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the space where you do this; here's the space where you do that. There's no sort of like room for just the spontaneity and organic quality to our life. Um, Right. And so like there's some, anyway, that would lead us, lead us into another topic thinking about like the way those churches that were built intentionally according to those ideals are just awful places to Mm -hmm. worship. Um, So anyway, my point is the medieval village, like the, the medieval hill town in Italy if right. that is a model for what you want to make your home look like, then you have you need to have a central gathering place mm-hmm. where so that community is at the center and God needs to be at the center of that. and then everything else sort of goes outwards from that. And that's that's kind of what homes have looked like for a really long time with the the hearth as the central area, mm-hmm. right? Uh, before you have central heating, for instance. Unless you're asleep in your room, um, you kind of need to be in the central gathering place if you're going to be warm enough. (laughs) Right. And the kitchen has turned into that uh, in more modern homes where that's, even if you've got a nice living room and stuff, a lot of times people just, when they come over to your house, especially if it's, if like you're cooking dinner and it's this whole thing, Mm -hmm. people just sort of gravitate towards the kitchen. Right. Oh, Um,
1: as Italians always. Exactly. It's It's so funny. All our houses had the smallest kitchens, but then 30 people are trying exactly. to be in the kitchen. I'm like, people, what is happening here? But that's why I guess we had that architecture, like, kind of boom of open concept let's just knock out every wall <laughs> right. and make it flat across i'm like yeah this sort of wouldn't one have, big kitchen yeah like when we had the freeze here in texas we were all probably like shoot we can't shut any <laughs> doors and close ourselves off and be right. warm in one area because we've just knocked down every wall and put up a few beams in the house to have an open concept but continue
0: so, yeah so like just i i know i'm sort of going off topic here but i think these are are helpful principles for how am I going to organize my house, even if I can't change the architecture of it, to promote these central values of community and of religion? Mm-hmm. Um, and to have that be the focal point uh, in in my rectory, uh, the sitting room in the middle is very dark. There's not light that comes through there. And nobody wants to be in there because it's too dark. Right. Like, there's just a little bit of light, and the. It's like the old oak wood. Yeah, I, it, I, I've yeah. seen it. I've and, seen it. And yeah. The artificial lighting. I sound yeah. extremely old fashioned saying that. Like, <laughs> just the lights that you turn on aren't pleasant. Yeah. And so. He lives a rough life, guys. People, people, <laughs> I'm just saying people gravitate towards another part of the house. And so, right. So, like, those are things to keep in mind uh, that we, you know, we we have sort of an instinctual ability to assess, do I want to yeah. be in this room or do I not? Right. And we can do things to change that, and we should when yes. we're trying to make our family a place of domestic church. Mm. Putting TVs in the individual rooms and having things like air conditioning, <laughs> right, where people don't have to be gathered in the center, mm-hmm. um, allows for more kind of isolation, into those, into those rooms. I mm-hmm. know that that's, that's a thing. Um, so, okay. Kind of exhausted that line of thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have another point. You, you, you actually, yeah. you actually have a family though. So like for me, <laughs> <laughs> for, Go uh, ahead. Let, let, let me just say one more thing on that. Actually. Um, I found like this was true also in seminary architecture, mm. um, that, uh, the chapel and the refectory where you ate, the dining hall and stuff like that, those were the the places where we were expected to be together. Mm-hmm. But then on each hall, if you didn't have a common room that was sufficiently kind of central and open and inviting enough, mm-hmm. people wouldn't really go there. Right? And I've lived in some places where there just wasn't a whole lot of common space in that seminary building. Yeah. And like, I saw the difference. People would tend to stay in their room, or they would go to, like, the big event, go to mass, uh, go to the lunch afterwards right. um, with everybody. And But then there wouldn't be any lingering because there was no space to do that. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm getting at here is, like, there's a really important dimension of just the architecture forcing us to sort of linger together. Right that I think we need for domestic church.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there's some cool principles or some just ideas that we could toss out and maybe you could give maybe the background on the sacramental aspect of it. And um, I can just toss out some things too. I've seen as a youth minister just within homes. So um, we kind of mentioned it, you know, TVs are not just evil within themselves. Like if Mm -hmm. though, like do my kids watch shows? Yes. Do I watch sports? Yes. Do I watch, you know, Netflix or this or that? Yes. But it's not at the expense of my prayer life or my relationship with Jesus and that we know we have a designated spot in our home. Mm-hmm. When we turn to prayer, my kids know we face the fireplace and we turn to that cross. And I think that's an important principle is like yeah. knowing that you even, cause in our house, right? Fran is in a room, That she'll share with Sophia one day. Dom's in a room. If we have a boy, you know, he'll share it with the boy. And me and Nikki are in our bedroom. So we don't have another room to be like, this is a dedicated, closed off prayer room. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, That might not be possible for a lot of people. um, Depending where they live. Apartment, wherever. Right? Mm -hmm. Have a space, though, somewhere in your home.
0: Yeah. A corner of a room. Yeah. Or I would love the wall of a room. Yeah, I would you love have to figure out a wall, kneeler. Right? <laughs> what's that? You have an accent wall accent sometimes wall. in rooms? Yeah. This, exactly. is, uh, this is the accent.
1: Right. So I want to encourage that. Second is, you see it in some homes done. Um, we have it actually here in our office and maybe just kind of give a little bit of background on these things. So, what's the deal with Catholics and they take this blessed chalk mm-hmm. and they write symbols above Epiphany. doorways? Give, yeah. a little, uh, give, give a little perspective of that, of maybe a Catholic home and things people haven't heard or done or maybe an idea they could do.
0: Yeah. No, there's, there's a little book. I don't remember the name of it, so it's not going to be very helpful. But it's like, <laughs> it's like Catholic household traditions or something. Okay. I, I know some families who have, who have books like that mm-hmm. uh, that have all these things in them. Um, but for that one, particularly on Epiphany, it's, it's been a, a traditional thing for a long time. To have your house blessed, uh, or if you can't have the priest come and bless your house, to at least have chalk blessed and then to write this little sort of blessing for the year. Yeah. And it's the uh,
1: Pythagorean theorem of uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it looks faith. like this. It
0: looks like this right, what is it? mathematical equation. It's like equation. plus
1: 20 CMB.
0: What does that say over
1: there? 211? 21 plus. It's like the crucifix, right? Yeah. Not the plus, but crucifix, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, cross, and then the first two numbers of the year, so 20, and then Casper, Mel- Kies- Melchior, Kies- <laughs> and I was like, Melchizedek. I almost said it, too. Uh, Casper, Melchior, Balthazar, the, the, three, the three young men who were in the furnace in Daniel. Um, if you don't know that story, look it up, because it sounds uh, crazy the way I said it. And then uh, 21, so the second two numbers of the year.
1: Wait, aren't those the three wise men you just said?
0: Yeah, I did. Okay, okay. Um,
1: (laughs) I was just like in reference the Daniel line. Not what I'm talking about. Don't look up Daniel.
0: I was Um, like. These are the uh, traditional names for the wise men.
1: I was, I was, you know, not, g- okay, go ahead. That and was a test and you th- passed, it. passed it. I passed it. Also, like, all
0: you listeners, you probably passed it too. There you go. Yeah, because Epiphany is all about the wise men showing up. Right. Um, and, and then the, the end, end of the end year. with a cross.
1: Cross. So that's a cool thing people yeah. do on all their doorways, right? The little, or a doorway. Uh, just
0: on the main doorway into your house. Nice. Main on the lintel.
1: <laughs> okay. You mentioned the Holy Water font yeah like little cool tradition i know we have that um we don't have it in every room but we have it in the front room i think that's something great with kids and a family that helps you learn um, not just making the sign of the cross but the significance of holy water and especially during covid where we don't get to experience that in the church like it's you know it's cool to have that in our homes any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that
0: yeah, uh, it's that's a great thing to do. Have a little font and teach your kids to dip their, dip their finger in the font and to bless themselves as they walk in or out. It's a very Jewish thing. Mm. Um, not with the holy water per se, but uh, in in the Jewish tradition, you have uh, what's called a mezuzah. Mm. It's this little thing on the door. It looks like a little rectangle at an angle, um, right on the. The door lintel, and that's on every door that you walk through. And there's the words of the Shema, uh, that central prayer from Deuteronomy 6 4 and following. Mm. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. Mm. And you shall, uh, um, and you shall like put these words on on your lips and on your foreheads. And it just basically bind these words around you in every way. Mm. Kind of like the breastplate prayer of St. Patrick actually. But, right. um, but so they always, they always touch that and then touch the mouth when they walk in or out of a door mm. in order to keep that commandment of when you're going in or coming out, you should keep these words. Uh, that's cool. On, on your heart and on your lips. So um, that's kind of what we do with holy water, but we're also remembering our baptism. It's also mm. sacramental. So anyway, I think that's great. If you don't have holy water, just bring a little water bottle to the church and the priest will bless it. It takes two seconds. Yeah. Um,
1: Love it. Okay. What is your thoughts or opinions on blessed salt? And people like, some people will like sprinkle holy water and blessed salt around the home. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's not some like ghostbusters like this is magic expelling demons and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, what is what is the background on blessed salt and the purpose of it?
0: Yeah, I mean you used to, used to to bless salt and mix it together with holy water as a thing. I think salt just has a lot of important symbolism mm-hmm. um, in Christianity, right? You are the salt of the of earth. earth. If, uh, but if the the flavor of the salt is taken away. Who will, who will put mm-hmm. it back kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of different, different kind of elements like that, that you can have blessed and that you can, you can use. Obviously we use oil in a pretty central way, mm-hmm. uh, for anointings and things like that. And right. There's a whole, there's an Eastern tradition, mm-hmm. uh, in particular of blessing oil and using it for cooking and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so with salt, yeah, you can. It's a it's a good alternative. I don't know if there's if there's a real distinction per se when you get down. It's just a sacramental. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that you have blessed and that you put around your house. Yeah, and it might be uh, a little easier to use or more stable to keep or something, right? Uh, than than water. Cool. So closing remarks.
1: I think that we need to have an area that is designated for prayer. I think, yeah, it's awesome to have religious, you know, icons and images and, yeah, statues and all those things um, uh, to bring the beauty of God, you know, that truth, beauty, and goodness. I will say this. One thing I'm passionate about as a youth minister is if you ever said to a Catholic family, hey, would you, like, put up a picture of the devil in your house? They would say no, right? Right? Mm -hmm. most hopefully would respond (laughs) no, but yet, and I just implore you as a youth minister who deals with this, but yet we allow our kids in the privacy of their rooms to have devices and to things that like are just leading them um, directly to what Satan wants and taking them down um, a rabbit hole and ruining their lives and causing addictions and, yeah, I'm talking about purity wise and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I implore you as a youth minister. Um, I mean, that is the one thing that I think uh, I'm passionate about that a Catholic household um, is oriented towards that communal life and nothing hitting, hidden in the darkness. Remove the devices from the room. Remove, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a computer for school, they can do, you can find some area they can work on and a t- table, public. you know, yeah. any of that. I just, I, yeah, I feel like if I didn't say that, you know, it was a missed opportunity. Any closing
0: yeah. remarks for you? No, it's important for kids. It's important for adults too. Yeah. Um, I, I try and keep that rule also, even, even in my own rectory of mm-hmm. using electronic devices in public spaces. Um, I think it's a very healthy rule of life. It does start to make your room kind of feel more like a monastic cell. Mm. Like this place that's set apart for you and God um, as a place of prayer and of rest. And I think a lot of people get in trouble when they start using their devices when they're tired. Yeah. Um, and uh, that trouble can look like a whole lot of things from struggling with purity to just staying up too late and binging yeah. TV shows yep. or... um obsessively checking emails or social media yep or whatever it's just not healthy to have that thing sort of attached to you as an appendage all the time yeah and so I think it's I think it's a great thing to keep that just out in a central room somewhere yep as like the rule is you use this in public not in private
1: yep Boom. love it next we're gonna be starting a Netflix show where we go around. And we evaluate homes and we say, oh, okay, so this could be more Catholic by doing this, right? We'll call, <laughs> it, right. We'll call it the home Catholic edit edition
0: of, I don't know. Exactly. That's that's the perfect Extreme title. Extreme
1: home makeover Catholic edition. <laughs> <laughs> What's right. the
0: thing in Waco?
1: Oh, Magnolia <laughs> with like uh, fixer upper. Yeah. 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 Fixer upper. Fixer upper. That would be great. All right. Joey Scantzella, Father Paul Bechter. Take care. God bless.